You're listening to Comedy Central. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. October 2nd, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. of NBC's Nightly News. Lester Holt is here, everybody! And I know, I know, I know there's not much news these days, but we'll find something to talk about. We'll find something. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. You know those emergency alerts that you get on your phone at, like, 3 a.m.? You know, sometimes it's a missing child, sometimes it's a natural disaster. Well, now, it could be something worse. Americans nationwide will receive an alert on their cell phones from President Trump. But it won't be a personal message. It's the first test of a national presidential alert system that will let any president issue a warning about a crisis. That could include a missile launched by another country at the U.S. or a tsunami. This is Trump's dream. (laughs) You realize it's a tweet he can force everyone to read, right? Like, your phone will be like, I'm on Fox and Friends at 7 a.m. Enjoy. Oh, and also, a tsunami is coming. Sad. (laughs) Like, frankly, frankly, I I am glad that they didn't give this to President Obama because it would have taken 10 minutes to read it before you knew the missile was coming. (laughs) It'd be like, uh, my fellow Americans, uh, moments ago, uh, and we're dead. And we're dead. (laughs) I don't know why the messages are in his accent. I don't know how that works, but that's what I think. You know, one of the the things I'm most worried about is that Trump disaster alerts will probably lead to more casualties because half the country hates him so much they'll refuse to evacuate as a protest. (laughs) They'll be like, I'm not leaving this flood zone until he releases his tax returns. Resist! (laughs) Moving on. Amazon said it will be raising its minimum wage for all employees to $15 an hour. And I think that is great news. (laughs) It also means... It also means that Jeff Bezos went from having all the money to just most of the money. Yeah. 
And the timing of this is really interesting. You see, Amazon announces higher minimum wages for everyone just as they unroll their new cashierless stores. Yeah, that's what they've done. Yeah, I see what you're doing, Amazon. They're like, let's all agree to pay our cashiers $15 an hour. It's the right thing to do. And then Walmart's like, but you guys don't have cashiers. They're like, oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, we're also giving our cashiers unlimited snacks in the break room. We're the best. <laughs> Moving on to entertainment news, Netflix. If you want to know what happens next, turn to page 73. Netflix reportedly developing choose-your-own-adventure-style programming that would actually allow people to pick the storyline of a show. Netflix's sci-fi anthology Black Mirror is said to be the first program planning an interactive episode for its fifth season this coming December. Yay. More choice on Netflix. I already spent four hours trying to choose what I'm gonna watch, and I have to spend another four hours choosing the plot. And to be honest, I don't actually know how I feel about this idea. Because on the one hand, I don't know if I want the stress of having to choose how the story goes. You know, like now James Bond needs my help to defuse the bomb. He's just like, which wire, Trevor? I'm like, I don't know, James. I just wanted Netflix and chill. <laughs> on the upside, though, you don't have to worry about spoilers anymore. Because it'll be like, I can't believe the monster killed Barb in Stranger Things. And be like, maybe in your story, in my version, they got married. That shit was crazy. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our top story. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh. Supreme Court nominee and world's angriest calendar enthusiast. <laughs> in addition to the sexual assault claims against him, people are zeroing in on another reason Kavanaugh may not be fit for the Supreme Court, and that is honesty. Along with a complexion that looks good in black, honesty is one of the things <laughs> you most want in a Supreme Court justice. And there are more and more signs that Kavanaugh might not have enough of it, especially when it comes to his history with drinking. Because Kavanaugh may make it seem like he's had a casual relationship with alcohol, but it turns out the two of them were probably more than just friends. Kavanaugh has acknowledged sometimes drinking too much as a young man, but former classmates of Kavanaugh's are saying that he's being misleading about how much he drank back then and his belligerence when he did. A Yale College classmate of Kavanaugh's, Charles Chad Luddington, said Kavanaugh tried to deceive the Senate by downplaying his drinking habits. Luddington says on multiple occasions he saw Kavanaugh staggering from alcohol consumption. Charles Luddington, who went to Yale with Brett Kavanaugh, says that on one last occasion I purposely socialized with Brett. I witnessed him respond to a semi-hostile remark, not by diffusing the situation, but by throwing beer in the man's face and starting a fight that ended with one of our mutual friends in jail. Damn. <laughs> Kavanaugh might might not be fit to serve in the Supreme Court, but I think we should nominate him to serve on the next season of Jersey Shore. He sounds right. <laughs> because, because the story is pretty wild, right? It turns out, in 1985, Kavanaugh and his friends got into a bar fight that got so rowdy, the police got called in. And the police filed an official report. And here's the thing. It's one thing to get into a fight. It's another thing to get into a fight where the cops are called. And on top of that, a fight where the cops are called on a white guy. Do you know how bad a fight has to be? <laughs> for the police to get called on a white guy at, at an Ivy League school in the 80s. That was like rich white male heyday. I mean, every decade is, but that one was extra good for them. And personally, I would never want to see Brett Kavanaugh get into a fight, because you know it would be super weird. It would be like, hey, bro, you want to throw down? Because I swear I'll start... <laughs> Well, sir, you, you know what, I just, I just need to write it in my calendar first. <laughs> September 25th. 
September 25th, throw drinking dude's face at the bar. Now it's official. It's in my calendar. I had peace. So it turns out, Bray Kavanaugh, Mr. I like beer, Mr. I might have exceeded the legal limit a little bit, allegedly gone into a bar brawl where he hit someone in the face with his drink. Uh, oh, and the reason Kavanaugh was fighting is probably one of the greatest stories of all time. Ludington telling the New York Times he witnessed Kavanaugh getting into a bar brawl after a UB40 concert. They saw someone they thought was the band's lead singer. And the man said he wasn't and told the three of them to stop looking at him. Kavanaugh apparently became belligerent. Brett um, said, uh, you, uh, or something to that effect. And, um, through the through the uh, ice at the guy, uh, and um, the guy, understandably, even though he had been um, aggressive in his response, uh, found that was a little one step too far. So he uh, took a swing at Brett. At that point, uh, Chris Dudley, who had his drink in his hand, um, proceeded to uh, smash it up against the guy's head. Okay. Now, if you're lost, it's probably because you're not drunk. Because you see, this has gone from a stock standard Supreme Court hearing to a wild 1985 story where a future Supreme Court nominee and his friend Dudley, a future NBA player, got in a fight with some guy because they thought he looked like the lead singer of the reggae band UB40. Yeah. Right now, the story's so weird, you can make up any detail and it would be believable. You can be like, and then Kavanaugh punched a horse and that horse went on to become the ruler of Iran. You don't know if it's fake. And by the way, I also feel bad for the lead singer of UB40, right? Because everyone covering the story just keeps referring to him as the lead singer of UB40. He has a name. You know, it's UB, I'm pretty sure. Like, there's a name. And now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're throwing a drink in someone's face because they're not the lead singer of UB40, you're either someone who drank a shit ton or you're just a crazy person. It's one or the other. <laughs> and, and again, him raging as a young man doesn't disqualify him from serving on the Supreme Court, right? But Brett Kavanaugh lying about it to the Senate is what should be of concern. And for more on this and the legal ramifications of all of it, we turn to a man who has been represented by many lawyers. Michael Costa, everyone. <laughs> Michael. On the one hand, on the one hand, you have Brett Kavanaugh who says that sometimes he had too many beers. Yep. But on the other hand, you have all these witnesses who say that he was a belligerent drunk who drank way too much. Yep. What do you make of this? Well, Trevor, this term too much gets thrown around <laughs> too much. It, it, it's all a matter of perspective. If a dad posts 10 pictures of his kid on Facebook, that's considered normal. But if I post 10 pictures of his kid, suddenly it's too much and I have to leave the park? It's the same with Brett Kavanaugh's drinking. Okay, but as a Supreme Court nominee, Kavanaugh has a duty to be honest. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to me that he was a bit disingenuous about what kind of a drinker he was. <laughs> Trevor, I wanna say this kindly because you're my boss, but what a dumbass <laughs> thing to say. You can't accuse Brett Kavanaugh of hiding the truth because if he was as drunk as everyone says he was, then we can't expect him to remember what happened because sober Brett can't remember the things drunk Brett did. They meet briefly around beer number five, they shake hands, and they go their separate ways. So, so you're saying, you're saying then that 
we can't ask him questions about things that he was too drunk to remember? See, now you're getting it. We can't hold Bruce Banner accountable for fights started by the Hulk, you know what I mean? <laughs> One is a mild-mannered, middle-aged white guy, and the other is an aggressive person of color. If, <laughs> if, if Congress put Bruce Banner under oath and asked him, Dr. Banner, have you ever smashed anything? He'd have no idea, because Bruce Banner doesn't smash Hulk smash. <laughs> Yeah, but, but, but sober or drunk, under the law, Brett Kavanaugh would be held accountable for anything he did. And he'll change that as soon as he gets to the Supreme Court. <laughs> but in the meantime, why the hell is sober Kavanaugh being asked about what drunk Kavanaugh did? The guy who should be on the stand is the guy who picks a fight with a mop for not being Ziggy Marley. Wait, 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 wait. You're not suggesting... Yes! Let's get Kavanaugh shit-faced. Roll... Roll in a keg of Natty Light. Roll in a keg of Natty Light, have Feinstein tap that thing, and let Breddy go to town. And I guarantee you the truth will flow right out of him. A sober guy is embarrassed about what he did when he drank too much, but a drunk guy can't wait to tell you all the trouble he got into. That is, uh... That's, that's actually... That's actually a pretty amazing idea, Costa. No, 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 no. Don't give Costa the credit. Give drunk Mikey the credit. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you, are you drunk? Have you been drinking at work? Well, uh, why don't you ask me tomorrow? <laughs> I promise I won't lie. Drunk Michael Costa, everyone. We'll be right back. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The Dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an award-winning journalist and anchor of NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt and Dateline NBC. Please welcome Lester Holt. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Nice desk. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank, do you miss desks now that you stand? Is that the thing? Yeah, I do a lot of standing. I have a very fancy desk, but now they have me standing. For yeah, most, most I like of the you. Broadcast. I like it. It's like I come it's... home like anybody else. I'm like, oh, my feet are killing me. Right. So, yeah, the days yeah. of sitting are gone, my yeah, friend. Yeah. No, it's a more you know you can project more and. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like your vibe. Like you got like yeah. the. Day. I never know where you're gonna be. I'm like, where's Lester gonna be? You never it's, know. It's just well, like we have this, out. We have this cool studio with all these. So every day we're like, hey, what if we did it here? Right. Did it over there. Let's let's first congratulate you for you won an Emmy last night. Yeah, for, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It was uh, 
It was uh, for an interview I had done with President Obama. The, the night he gave his farewell to the country, we traveled with him to Chicago. Right. Went to his favorite uh, restaurant in Hyde Park in Chicago, sat down. And as we're, you know, we're doing the interview, of course, the clock is counting down because we have to get him out of there so he can get to his speech. His nine o'clock speech, uh, but we won an Emmy for it. I'm assuming night. you won the Emmy for not crying during the interview. Is that is that what it was? <laughs> How, let me ask. Let me ask you this question. I mean, it, it, this is something that comes up all the time. You know, you you hear people saying that the liberal media, the news media, is liberal. Trump even said the other day, he said, "All you news people, I call you Democrats. You're all Democrats." It, it, wh- how do you respond to the idea that, as, as news people, you can report on the news and still have your own personal beliefs about politics that we may or may not know? That's a really good question, because I tell people all the time, we're living human beings. You know, we have feelings about everything. I have opinions about a lot of things. Some things I, I don't know, and I accept right. that. I think it's healthy to sometimes say, you know, I don't know how to figure out immigration or whatever, the, whatever it may be. Um, but we're professionals at the same time. I mean, I enjoy a spirited, intellectual, you know, Debate. Right. I like to hear smart people talk about issues, and you realize there's often there's no right answer, and that's kind of the attitude I bring, you know, to the news set every night. Um, but you know, most of the, most of that, you know, you just kind of let it go in one or the other. You have to. We right. have to do our jobs. It, it's hard when when your haters are in the White House because there was a there was a tweet that President Trump sent out, and this was in in August. Right, where he said, "What's going on at CNN is happening to different degrees at other networks." Two with an one O. Um, he said, with NBC News being the worst, the good news is that Andy Lackey is about to be fired for incompetence. And much worse, when Lester Holt got caught fudging my tape on Russia, they were hurt badly. Why'd you fudge, fudge the tape, Lester? <laughs> Why'd you fudge the tape? Well, to put that in context, uh, I was actually on vacation and uh, got slept in. I, first thing I opened the phone, I said to my, hey, honey, I got tweeted about by the president. It was, uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's... Um, I, you know, I, I, was, how do you dignify that? I mean, it, you know, it was, at that point, I think it was 15 months after the interview. Right. And the so. interview, just so we're all on the same page, is the interview that in many ways has shaped what's happening in America right now. You sat down with the president, and he basically admitted to firing James Comey because of the Russia investigation, which has now come back to bite him. Well, he, he acknowledged that the Russia investigation was on his mind. And, and you know, we, it, was, it was a good-spirited conversation. He, you know, and there were no trick questions. He right. was very upfront about, you know, uh, why he wanted him fired. And, uh, you know, uh, the early reports were he thought it was a good interview. How do you not tweet back <laughs> when the president tweets you saying you, you lied as a journalist? Oh, I, you know, that's a, that's a foolhardy game as, as a journalist. You can't get into that because... You know, we do news every day that sometimes makes people uncomfortable. We'll do stories that may challenge your worldview or challenge what you've always thought something to be. Right. And, uh, you know, if you got in the position of, you know, responding to every critic of something you reported, um, that would be a take you down a road you don't want to go down. <laughs> and, and certainly I'm not going to get into it with the president of the United States. Let's talk about the journey that you've taken on the news. Um, it's been really interesting to see some of the stories that you're covering, uh, particularly with regards to criminal justice reform. You know, uh, when Meek Mill was in prison, you were one of the first and few news programs that reached out to him in prison. You conducted an interview with him over the phone. And then when he came out, you touched base with him again. Why is it so important for you to catch up on these stories? Because I noticed there's a specific focus on this. Because I think there's a moment in time here where both red and blue, both Republicans and Democrats are starting to understand there's a need for criminal justice reform. That's one of the few things they can talk about and find some common ground. Meek Mill's story was, uh, you know, he served time for, you know, crimes he was convicted of, but then the, he got caught in what he thought was a probation trap, where, right. he, you know, you, you're on probation and you 
do something and then you're back in. For, right. You for can basically more, never get out for more time. Yeah. And so it was it was a fascinating story. He had, you know, the celebrity to, of course, put this on the uh, on the front burner. And you're right. I spoke to him on the phone a few times, interviewed him. And then uh, we were there. I mean, literally there as he came out and, uh, you know, he was whisked away in a helicopter. He was at the uh, 76ers game that day and we interviewed him uh, within hours of that. But he's one of many people who have brought a lot of attention to this. And, and it's something that I've become more and more passionate about. Right. I've noticed your passion in the stories you cover and in the manner you cover them in as well, because, you know, you, you've started taking yourself away from the desk. But I've also noticed that you started taking the news to the people, which is really interesting. Interesting. You're embarking on a, on a, on a multi-state tour right now where you're going around the country speaking to people who you're reporting the news about, which is an interesting way to do it. We've always seen the news as being in a place. You're making it seem like the news is where the people actually are. What are you doing? Well, you know, Why? I'm a reporter, so I'm always more comfortable in the field. I always tell, you know, young journalists that, you know, they say, I want to be an anchor someday. I said, well, that's great. I said, but, you know, just so you know, the most exciting, fulfilling moments in my career have not been sitting at the desk. They've been out in the field. Right. Uh, so I do take the, the broadcast on the road to major stories, you know, hurricanes or attacks or whatever may be going on. But it's also important to go visit communities when nothing horrible is happening. Uh, I was in local news for 20 years and, you know, you have a community, you know, whether it was Los Angeles or Chicago, you know, you had a, a community. I speak to the whole country every night. And it's important to, you know, get out of New York City, love it here, but, you know, some people describe it as a bubble, to get out Look at stories that, that may resonate across the country but are playing out in a unique way in a particular right, city. Right, right. So this is the third time we've done this. We'll go um, next week. We'll be in a different city every night, you know, doing stories that are important in those communities. But again, ones that, you know, may ring familiar to others. Do you find when you go to these communities that people hunger for the need to be like they hunger to be seen? Is that a, is that a big thing where they go, wow. Lester Holt with the national news is here talking to me in a small town that no one really thinks about. Yeah, and about. it's important because I, 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 I bristle when, I, when people start thinking of this, you know, this big authoritative anchor job like we're on some kind of altar. We're not. You know, we're reporters. And I'm, I'm lucky to be, you know, the chief reporter, if you will, every night. Right. Uh, but I want people to know that this, the broadcast, we want the broadcast to always be relevant, to be modern, to, to touch people, to cover the stories that they're thinking about. And, and to do that, you really have to, have to get out. So it's, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, as a reporter, I like to be where the people are, where the stories are being made. And I think it you know, makes me better at what I do. Well, congratulations on everything. Thank Looking you. forward to the tour. Thank you. Lester kicks off his Across America tour next week on NBC Nightly News. Tune in on your local NBC station. Lester Holt, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. 
So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.